Praise the Lord, everyone. Welcome to Wednesday evening service. It's great to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Uh, I know on my way to service tonight that my truck was getting low on fuel, and so when we leave here, we get to go get fueled up in the pickup, but it's always great to come here on a Wednesday night to get my spirit refueled up because I know hell works on me uh, day in and day out trying to just disrupt my life and disrupt my routine. But one thing about God, he's not going to let hell disrupt you too much. So we have a, a few announcements today. Uh, Pastor Appreciation Month is the whole month of October. Uh, it really should be the whole year of every year because, I mean, I really appreciate a man of God in my life. Uh, uh, there's a mailbox set up out there in the foyer that uh, by the greeter table every Sunday before the service to put your cards, your love offerings, etc., in, and we'll present it to Pastor and Sister Meyer on the 30th of this month. Care group luncheons, uh, the 23rd this coming Sunday is Sister Lisa Calicote, uh, Care Group 1. And uh, the 29th is the Fall Festival sign-up sheet in the foyer, and they need candy donations. There's a box in the kitchen to put candy in. And as I, when I was a kid, it didn't matter what kind of candy I got, as long as I got candy. Now I'm kind of picky, but uh, I know that they would be grateful for any appreciation. If y'all want to stand and we'll just worship the Lord tonight. Aren't you thankful that you found a love that's greater than life itself? When I call on your name, you answer. When I fall, you are there by my side. You deliver me out of the darkness. Now I stand in the hope of new life. By grace, I'm free. You
tries to come in and to distract us on my job on a day-to-day basis uh, I have to outline on what we're going to do every day and it's it's always constantly changing Uh, whether we get phone calls into the secretaries and then they send me messages and tell us what's going on out in the, the county or what but it gets frustrating sometimes when you have a plan and then it gets changed but we have this plan to come to church, you know, do good. But the enemy, he's always out there. He's, he's just lurking over there in a the corner. And he's always out there just trying to cause distractions in our lives. He's trying to disrupt us from our routine. He's trying to get us out to where we can't get in the presence of God like we are tonight. And you don't have to come to church to be in this presence. Uh, I have some songs on my phone, iTunes, that uh, when I'm around on my job, I'll just... I've got Bluetooth on the radios, and I'll put it on there, and, man, I'll just get in the spirit of the Lord right there in whatever piece of equipment that I'm in right there because I know the enemy's out there waiting on me to get out of out of my routine, to get out of something. And today, uh, me and Brother Jim, we was working together, and Alicia and, I guess, uh, Sister Katie went to the hospital over there to Dallas to see a, a heart specialist. And they got a very good report today, so I want to thank the Lord for that. Uh, but as I, as Jim and I was sitting there talking, and we was just entertaining the presence of the Lord, and the we both struggled to take this job. But God, He's always working out a certain situation and you don't understand why I'm going to take less money to go do something else but it's to put me in front of God fearing people because brother Philip Taylor helped me get that job and when I got to work with him for the few years that I got to work with him I mean he and I had that camaraderie and that chemistry to where where we just got to work together and we got to pray together when we was together I mean we got to visit about the things of God and I got to thinking I said I shouldn't just be doing that with Jim. I should be doing that with every one of my coworkers that I work with. Just visit with them because there's another guy on my job. He left early. His uh, daughter's boyfriend's in a hospital in ICU over at Medical City Plano where they don't know what's going on with him. And and he's, he's really seeking the Lord, and he's really seeking prayer from our church. So if we could keep him lifted up tonight. But uh, we do have a few needs. Sister Renee Flowers, that's Brother Flowers' wife. Uh, she's our North Texas uh, district leader's wife. And uh, she had found out today, I guess, that she got breast cancer. And so we really need to keep them lifted up. Uh, she's fixing to have to start taking chemos and probably surgery in the next 
few months or whenever they decide to do it, but we need to keep her lifted up and keep that whole family lifted up. The Oaks family, their daughter passed away this morning in a car accident. Kind of goes along with what I was saying. You know, these people, they didn't expect this stuff to happen. But we serve a God that's able to answer every prayer that no matter what it is, what circumstance we face, we serve a God that's able to take them circumstances away from us. The Oaks family, we need to, their daughter passed away in that car accident this morning. Loretta Edwards, she has cancer and asked her husband if we would pray for her. The Little and Thompson families, uh, Lucille McFatridge passed away. Her funeral is here at the church tomorrow. Amber Thomas, she's sick and needs prayer. Brother and sister Dickie. Uh, sister Ella Mae Bristow is having some tests run. Nellie and Missy Miller, uh, she has cancer and needs prayer. Lee Armstrong, he's suffering from a back pain. Mary Harden, Jan Dyke, and Greg Lawson lost their house in a fire and they need prayer. Ernest Ponce, Christine De La Rosa. Vicky Sias, uh, Sister Stacy Bowden's friend, uh, Monica Helm, Lloyd Ushery, he'll be having surgery, Brandon Hutchins, Bob Bolton, T.W. Hush, Lois Weems, Dennis Shannon, Billy Bolton, Rex Foster, brother and sister Proctor, brother and sister, our brother and sister Billy Trinata, Chaplain Steve Gibbs, George and Mildred Pratt, Brother and sister Bristow, we need to continue to pray for our nation. Pray for the other nations. I mean, it's it's sad if you read the news, watch the news, however you hear the news, what's going on out there in this world. But there's nothing that God's not in control of. Our local leaders, our uh, our spiritual leaders, our president, this upcoming election in the next, uh, I guess, two weeks, uh, we'll be voting and. I'm believing that God is still in control and he's going to put the right people in the right place to do his will and nothing's going to happen. So if you want to stand tonight, if you have a need in your body, we have ministers down here that will anoint you with oil. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the anointing of oil. The Bible says uh, for the church, if there's any sick among you, call for the elders of the church and they will anoint you with oil and your faith is what's going to heal you. So if you have a need... Father, you know the needs of these people tonight, God. I pray for the Oaks family tonight, Lord, that you would touch that family, God. Give them the strength that they need inside of them tonight, Lord. Lord, send the comforter there tonight, God. Be with that mother, be with that father, that grandmother, that brother, that sister, Lord. Let them know that you got that peace that passes all understanding. Touch brother and sister Nikki tonight, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, I pray for Sister Flowers tonight, God, that you would give her strength.
lady is very sick. I did not see this request right here. So if we could just take a moment and pray for her right now. Brother Jerry. Tony Clark's family. Right. Right. Mary Lou too. All right. Yeah, if we could just take Sister Jane Lay, Tony Clark family, and Mary Lou. God, you know the need, Lord, in Sister Jane Lay's life. God, I plead the blood of Jesus over it. Your word says, by your stripes we are healed. God, touch her mind and her body, Lord. Touch the Clark family tonight, Lord, as they're going through this trial of the death. God, give them the strength that they need in their minds tonight, God. Send them the comforter tonight, oh God. Touch Sister Mary Lou tonight, oh God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. We praise you. We worship you. Hallelujah. I just love being in his presence, people. I really do. Uh, it's time to take up our offering if the ushers would come. You know, I was sitting there thinking the other night about being in the presence of the Lord. It's how we get to entertain a small part of it here on earth, but what is heaven actually going to be like? I guess I was listening to that song, The Throne Room, and they said when the, the veil is torn and the doors swing wide, and man, we just get to run in there, I just can't help but think what it's going to be like when we make it up there. So, Father, we're thankful for this day, Lord, thankful for this opportunity to give. God, I just pray that you would bless this offering. I pray that you would bless those that have to give and bless those that do not have to give. God, I just pray that you would further this to the kingdom of your God, your work. Lord, I pray for an anointing upon pastor, Lord, as he brings us your word tonight. In Jesus' name. There be glory and honor to Jesus. Glory Holy 
don't we give it up for the worship leaders as you're seated? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you today. I cannot say with words what this assembly means to my wife and I. And as little as you think about it, it means a ton to this city. Ere the light of God go out. It means a whole lot more than just going to a building. We have our wicks sort of trimmed and our lamps get to burning brighter. It's just like you. You you lose the fragrance of your cologne after about a couple of hours. And you also lose the extreme momentum that occurs in a church service. But the energy is still there. And tomorrow and the rest of our tomorrows, people sense the fact that we eat regularly and that we praise faithfully praise cleanses all of the doubts and fears because as we look into him with praise we literally cleanse part of our life we reduce any other god unless we have other gods that we pay more attention to later and then in that respect if we pay attention more to the things of this world He said, that's what you'll get more of. But if you pay more attention to me, that's what you'll get more of. So our praise is comely, he said. That's a big word. It's beautiful, comely, attractive, gets his attention. And so we practice praise here so we can practice it in our car. And our children feel the effect. Our wife feels the effect. Our husband feels the effect. You can't have a praise going in your car and people not notice the energy level that begins to rise up. And I thank you. I cannot thank you as a church family enough for generating that level of energy. And I remind us as much as I can because it's so easy to get wrapped up in our dreams and ambitions and needs in this world. And it's easy when people don't really respond as readily as we want to. But the rocks finally wear out with enough water running over them. They do. The hardened hearts break loose eventually amongst the victory of the saints of God. So today, uh, was I able to get that up there to you? Uh, uh, I have a little computer problem, if you haven't noticed. (laughs) It's the operator, exactly. I said computer, but it's operating that computer. And uh, I don't mind telling you at all, it's not my big deal. It's just... And it takes me a lot of time to get it there, but I, I, I've i read too many statistics. Ninety percent of what you see is what you're affected by, 
60% of what you hear you're affected by. And that's why some of you women, if you just paint a bigger picture, they'd get it. Just snarl or run a little bit, and they'll get the picture. They'll get to understand it. And I mean, it comes regular. Today, uh, uh, Brother Ronnie, would you, or Brother Jerry, maybe Brother Ronnie's getting old. Would you maybe look out there in the track rack? And I think I've got some uh, partial uh, pieces of paper that uh, have a lot of blank space on them. I, I actually meant to get them when I come through, and I was so focused on this that I failed to do it. But uh, I want you as a family of God to be able to ask any question that is pertinent to the church moving forward. I'm not interested in, in asking about why I like apple pie. Don't put that on this sheet. I, I can tell you that I have a, a, a wonderful, it's a little bitty strip about uh, this wide. I think it's fallen down in there, and it's long ways down in there. It's just about that wide, maybe a little wider and uh, could have fallen in behind something. And don't spend a lot of time because it's not obviously the most important thing going. But uh, you find them? Okay. Uh, just keep those ready in case people want them. What they say is if you have any questions about anything, please fill it out uh, and, and put it on there. If it's about biblical or uh, principles that would be a part of our world. And so uh, I wanted you to have that and, uh, so that it's close to you. And if you, uh, if you already know you want one, Brother Jerry can just go ahead and pass them out. Uh, is there anybody that, read them what they say, Brother Jerry, and that may interest him more. And uh, that, again, is about spiritual or doctrinal issues that uh, you may may have some questions about, and that's fair. God said, ask, and it shall be given. So he's in favor of questions. He's just not in favor of somebody questioning him or his word. That's a totally different deal. So let's look here. Answers for a few questions tonight. And uh, these are... Uh, People often pose or ask thoughts or questions. And, and so it's important to pastor that I, I'm not answering questions that are not available. I have no real thrill about trying to say a bunch of verbal fodder, fodder that, that means nothing to the people of God. Now, I can't help it if people don't have the right questions. Or the right appetite. That that part I cannot help. But I feed the hungry. Because Jesus said that's what we are supposed to do. And people that are not hungry for the word. Are not going to swallow it. And that swallowing it is the critical issue. And the swallowing it is used as the term obedience. You receive it into your brain. And then you activate it in your feet in your hands and in your voice and that's true obedience 
And obedience is better than sacrifice. And so it's really important that we have answers as pastors and as husbands and then as mothers. And so wives, if you have questions, you're to go to your husband if he's walking in the Holy Ghost. And then if he has questions about it, he is to go to the pastor. And if the pastor can't answer it, I can tell you that this pastor is going to find some people that know something about it. I'm not going to be empty-handed forever. I am going to find somebody, and I have a lot of friends, and I've tried to tell you there have been 2,000 preachers minimum to preach into your pastor's life and mine. So I can't brag about much of anything. And fortunately, they have been some of the most incredible people. So you are no more obligated than God to answer every man on the level of carnal reasoning and carnal activities. He says, I will not cast the pearls before swine. People that just want to, yeah, yeah, and always wanting to rise up with a question and you never see any fruit of the Spirit, you never see any fruit of righteousness, you never see any fruit of peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. They're just, they're, they're going to always find something wrong with Jesus. Just count on it. I've been around enough to know that when you're not hungry, you can't put even cherry cream pie fresh out of the oven in front of them and them eat it. But you get hungry, you'll go eat what the dogs forgot to eat. People that are hungry after God are going to find something in every service. And people that are hungry after the world, they're going to look for it in the house of God so they can act godly with a little bit of this life. And then they're going to go away and act carnal with their real life. Big. And so they're going to live frustrated and they're going to live confused and it's going to be real hard for them to really come up with That ought to come natural every day. It ought to be one of the greatest tributes to the family of God or the body of Christ because my hand needs my feet. My feet need the bloodline and my whole body needs the wisdom that comes from above. So it's not about just me getting what I want. It's me getting what I need. And I can assure you, if you eat the wrong stuff, your body has the phenomenal ability to regurgitate. Your body is made very much after the image of the spiritual life. And when you eat the Word of God with a bitter spirit, I can tell you it will create a nausea somewhere and you'll reject the strength that comes from that word. Now, these Bible studies are critical because the greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But he said, let me just remind you, Satan is the most powerful beast of the earth. 
food stop. I'm telling us tonight because God is about to finish shaking this whole system. And I don't want to find myself in the sewer. So new life in Christ, questions and answers both arise. 1 Peter 3, 12 through 17. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. And if you've noticed tonight, I've been really scanning each of you personally, trying to see how responsive you are to what's going on here tonight. Because I am not here to be inane with what's happening. I want to tie the problems of that world that's troubling the church to answers that God, the peace of God that passes understanding, is able to feed us the bread of life. And by the Spirit, we actually integrate that bread into our mind. And that's why stir up the gift that is within you by the laying on of hands of the presbytery or the pastor. And that actually glorifies the work of the Spirit and the work of the Word brings them together and then you tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and the world looks at you and says my God how in the world can they do that I'll tell you greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world and that is the composition of the Christ so the eyes of the Lord he's already been scanning every heart here he's been watching every thought that's going on in this building and those of you that are tuned in online he's watching you to see if you're just going through some mechanical thing and waiting on some little delicacy that might attract your attention while you're doing all the other stuff it's time for you online to either be in the house of God or to worship God in that bedroom or that living room and get with the spirit of the church you say pastor It's not the right. It's my obligation. He said, the Lord chasteneth whom he loveth. And he's not here in person, so he gives the preacher the authority to minister to the people so that they wake up and look around and say, am I getting it? No, 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 this is no game. This is not like, oh, man, I like the way he says it. No, it's what he says and the spirit that comes with what he says, and that cuts out carnality, and it raises the level of spirituality, and the glory of God is revealed, and that light goes out into the world as living epistles known and read of all men. They're not like us. They keep on having joy, peace, and righteousness. They keep on walking up rightly they keep on living holy they keep on talking right they keep on lifting up their heads oh let's praise the name of the Lord for his righteousness he said if there is no reprimand that that person is illegitimate that's huge stuff, folks. We're, we're way too late in this to be playing games with his word. He uses the term illegitimate, which, which I always try to use it, but he uses the word bastard. That's in your King James right. And so it's important, a parent that doesn't chasten his children and a pastor that doesn't chasten carnality is worse. 
than if they had none. So it's huge. So unto who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But and if you suffer for righteousness sake, God's in me. I overcame it. I brought it down. He's not conquering the church. I can tell you the church is going to rise up in this generation and going to be a light and going to be a glory to the resurrected Christ. He said, I'm a jealous God, and there will be no other God in front of me. Hey, you either worship me with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, or you can forget my future for your life. I am a jealous God. I will have no other God before me. If you want another God, go after him. But I praise the blood. I praise the name. I praise the righteousness of the word. I praise the glory of the body of Christ. You're my brother. You're my son. Sister, I have none other. You say, Pastor, that's rough. Well, go tell the coaches that of your losing team. You ever watch what they have to do to become part of what they are? And then they jeopardize their life. I think uh, I heard that Tulia may not even ever get to play again. Is that his name? (laughs) Thank you. I, I don't watch him that much, but I have seen him. And, and I did see uh, somebody had a game on where I was at, and, and, and I saw him staggering, and, and I was watching. I thought, man, and they are willing to sacrifice their life for cash flow when we're going to live forever somewhere? I said, live forever somewhere? Have you made the choice and made it sure? He said, make yourself sure. Don't you give yourself any leeway. Don't you let any other God in your life. You hang on and you get you a preacher that'll preach it straight and preach it hard and preach it with spiritual energy and get some glory going. Ladies and gentlemen, it's high time, Paul said, when you begin to weaken to the world more than the appetite for holy Ghost revival. There's something going on wrong. We got to get a grip on this thing. There's a world dying around us. There's a world suffering. There's kids that need to be on our buses and in our Sunday school classes with arms of love and a spirit of truth. Can't afford to come to church and not pray before we get here. That car ought to be filled with prayer on the way to the house of God. And we really ought to be back in that prayer room and praying, God, don't you let us have some deadbeat service. Stir up the angels. Stir up the preacher. Stir up the worshipers. Let's be the church. I wish somebody would stand and praise him with a heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Why don't you just let the Holy Ghost pray through you for a couple of minutes? This thing is about to catch on fire. Oh, Lamb of God, don't you let me go to sleep in this pulpit. Don't you let me go to sleep in that nice parsonage. Don't you let me go to sleep in a nice car. Don't you let me go to sleep. 
Oh, hallelujah. I wish you'd stretch forth your hand toward the pastor and his wife right now. God, don't you let them go to sleep. That's it. My God, I can't think of anything worse. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. God God bless you. Thank you for so much. Uh, let's, let's move on. But, and if you suffer, somebody say suffer, for righteousness sake. What? Oh, my God. I tell you, I don't know how come I got mixed up in this Pentecostal thing. I, 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 barely, I mean, people make fun of me for dressing godly and holy and righteous. And people make fun of me for talking in tongues and caring. And people make fun of me for fasting and praying and shouting and worshiping. Huh? Neither be troubled. What does he mean? When COVID comes, you, the worst that could happen, you'd get a faster trip to heaven. Where we say we're anxious to go and get out of all this mess. I'm telling you, COVID can get you into glory in about two weeks. But God does give us a chance, hallelujah, when we get some some disease or some activity going in our body that weakens our body, we look to him and say, God, it's not my will, but thine be done. And I pray you heal my body if I can be a witness, if I can be a light. But God, I know that I surrendered my body, my mind, and my spirit to you at Calvary because that's what you gave me. You gave me Calvary. You gave me a place. Place to go. You gave me a place to hide. You gave me a place to cure. You gave me a place of victory. You gave me something at Calvary that nobody's ever given me. And I'm not going to lose it. I'm going to get a grip on it. Be not afraid of their terror. Neither be troubled. But Don't just try to not be that. Sanctify. Somebody say cleanse the place in your heart so God can function there. Sanctification is the cleansing. Sanctify your mind. Sanctify your body. Sanctify your hearts. And be ready. Oh, well, if you feel like it every now and then. What does God say about it? What, Brother Mike? Always. Always. You believe that? I believe that. But sanctify the Lord in your heart and be ready always to give a good answer to every man that's walking the streets of our city, that's working on the job with us. The ladies and the men, they deserve a quality answer. And the answer is, I have given my life to him. That's why I dress different. That's why I talk different. That's why I shout and dance. He loves it. He likes it. He wants it and he's my savior and I'm going to give him what he wants and I'm not giving my flesh what it wants because it's going to die anyhow and I'm going to overcome it now and I'm going to be living in joy unspeakable and full of glory I'm not going to hell I'm going to walk streets 
bunch of gold. I'm going to live in an eternal abyss. Oh, somebody clap their hands to the master of life. What a God. But we got to have good answers for the world. Not enough. For us to say, well, I'll tell you what, if you want this, go talk to the pastor. No. If the pastor is not doing his job, helping us cleanse our mind from all filthiness of the flesh and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, he's not doing his job. He don't deserve to take the 10%. But if he preaches Jesus, he deserves the 10% plus the thanks from the people that get the preaching. I'm not, I'm not trying to get more praise. Y'all have already given me more than I deserve. I'm just telling you that's righteous to do that. And if the next man comes in, that's what you do for him. That's right. And he's got to preach the word to be worthy of any of that. And then having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Now, communication is accomplished by spirit and action and tongue. We communicate with our clothes. We communicate with our... I get real nervous. I'm, I don't mind telling you, I'm not bragging... But I don't come in here empty-hearted and empty-headed. I'm not going to come in here empty-hearted and empty-headed. I wake up and study. I study during the day. I pray to God, and I'm here to tell you, I'm here for him. He couldn't be here in person, so he sent me. And he's given me an anointing far beyond what I deserve. But it's really because you deserve it. And he allows me to be the one who brings the water, the pail, the word, and the spirit. I can't save anybody. But I can preach the one who can save and I can preach the word who frees. And I can preach it because it works for me. I know I'm not perfect. I know I haven't arrived. I can tell you when you when it comes 730 and my wife can't find me and y'all can't find me, look up. Because I'm planning on going in that first group that raptures out of here. It is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing, having the praise of all the people in the land. I can tell you Holy Ghost preaching is not going to set well with somebody that's got a carnal mind. 
I can tell you that the excitement of a preacher is not going to be transmitted to anybody that's not a receiver of the Word of God. That's right. I can't change that. All I can do is pray and study and do everything I can to bring the bread to the table. But if the kids don't eat it, that's their problem. Larger questions with religious groups. You are never at the mercy of secular questions meant to be caustic or just rebellious against the word. Anytime that you are trying to walk with somebody, the Bible said, how can two walk together except they be agreed? How can you be a friend of the world? Now, I'm not talking about not acting friendly. He makes that very clear. But to be an associate with the world, he said, company not with fornicators. Fornication can be a spiritual fornication. Another God is an adulterous person. And they will eventually cave in their physical reality. Watched it for years. I can tell you the carnal mind is enmity with God, is not subject to the law of the Spirit, and neither indeed can be. And so when any preacher touches their life with the Word, they get ticked off. and That's when they take advantage. They don't go to the preacher. No, no, no. That, that will expose them. If they will go to the preacher when they are ticked off, they can find balance. Some of you have been to my office. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not there to kick on anybody. But I'm going to preach the word. It's a sharp two-edged sword. It is the righteousness of God to cut away carnality. And you'll thank God every day if you ever keep a preacher in this pulpit that will preach the word, be an instant in season, out of season, and preaching it with spirit and truth. I'm here to tell you it's intent. It's the reason it's a sword. It cuts away carnal things. It cuts away carnal thinking. It cuts away unrighteous and ungodly living. I'm here to tell you, you can pose as just as some of those people in the Bible, and yet they fail because they quit loving God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. So I'm trying to feed you so you can help feed people out yonder. I don't see anybody here tonight that don't love all of this stuff I'm preaching. I've already watched you over this building. You are people that love the word. You're loving, you show your appreciation and love for your pastor. Things I don't deserve, but I do enjoy them. So please keep it coming. <laughs> but I'm never going to ask you for it. It'll be an offering. The tithe belongs to God and the pastor. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. Now, as a pastor, I have chosen to let what we did years ago be in, in stand. You may wind up with a pastor someday that puts you right straight on the line and says, look, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. The storehouse is the pastor. That's where the tithing goes. Now, you haven't heard me say that not one time since I've been here in 40 years come March. But that's the way it works. But I have been totally satisfied, and I get more with the 30% than I deserve. So I'm not worried one bit about that. 
There are other uh, things. My car, you have done. And our house, we thoroughly enjoy it. And I can't, I, I can't praise you enough for blessing the ministry. But in case that the next pastor comes and he tells you the way it really should be, that's the way it really should be. I can't, I'm probably not going to last more than 10 more years. And so when he gets here, some of y'all are young enough, you're still going to be here if the rapture hadn't took place. And you need to know all of that stuff. I haven't said one word about it because I didn't want to come through as being anybody trying to reach in and get more than what I should. But that's the truth of the Bible. Okay. So do all speak with tongues when they receive the Holy Ghost? Acts 2, 1 through 4. Somebody quote it. Well, read it. And when the day of Pentecost was... was fully come they were all in one mind one accord and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat up on every one of them look around and see if it's sitting on them now I, I don't say that it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of the Lord gave them the utterance. Uh, hallelujah. I'm going to jump clear over Howbeit, how when we speak in a heavenly language, we go directly to the throne of God. Forget your English on certain days. Uh, when you're going through hell and your friends are going through hell, and when your wife and husband's going through hell, pray in the Holy Ghost uh, for the Spirit itself maketh intercession with the source of all life, all victory, all glory, all, of, all everything that's good, and it will overcome the wicked one. Oh, somebody ought to praise him for his anthem. By grace are you saved. That, that's in the word of God. I, I've got all these scriptures down over here, but, but, but I want you to sense it. Somebody say grace. The Bible tells you emphatically the grace of God teaches us. If you got a little... Uh, place there in your Bible that shows you what the grace of God just type it in on your computer on your Bible app the grace of God teaches us you don't need to go to a school where a guy that don't even have the Holy Ghost is trying to tell us what the Greek means in the spiritual realm the Bible says the carnal mind is enmity with God and watch this. He goes digging deeper. It's not subject to the law of the Spirit. 
Then he hits it home run. And he said, let me just tell you further, neither indeed can it be. You're not getting ahead of the game when you get into a Greek school. You're getting into the carnal mind of men. If they haven't received the Holy Ghost, they can't give you the dignity that by grace are you saved through faith. It tells you in that scripture that you've got to have faith to activate the grace of God or the teaching of God. And once by faith you activate the teaching of God, the Spirit itself beareth witness that all of the fruit of the Spirit begins to thrive on the limbs of your life and in your tongue. And all those great fruit of the Spirit begin to feed a world that's in horrible condition. It's important to read Galatians, the fifth chapter. Understanding that the grace teaches us that denying ungodliness, it's ungodly to try to have the fruit of the Spirit without the Spirit that creates the fruit. It's just in, in, in a, not insane almost. You don't have to have a pastor or preacher to be saved. That's what people say. But the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And how shall they preach unless they be sent by God? You want to make sure you got a spiritual preacher that's preaching the word. But not only does he preach the word, he can open the pages of that book and help you find the seed that produces the glory. And so that you become a ha ha. Leap over a troop, jump over a wall. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And even the weapons of warfare are mighty through God, even to the pulling down of strongholds. I mean, things and thoughts that have been there for years, they come down when the triumphant, joyful voice of the Lord is working through the saints or the body of Christ. What about someone dear to me that was a good person? The safest thing for you to do if you know anybody that died and you don't know if they were born again of the water and the spirit is don't try to judge the situation. Because if you really liked them and you really think a lot of them, put them in the hands of the one that could do the impossible. You never go wrong. I have to do it every year. There's some people I know the fruit that they've borne. I watch them talk in tongues. I watch them get baptized in Jesus' name. They exhibited their faith. Listen to the scripture about faith. Faith without works is dead. That's no play thing. You don't just say, I think I'll have cherry pie and squat in the kitchen. There it is. said, neither can you say, I am the Lord's, unless you have faith and you trust in him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You say, preacher, you pastoring, I mean, you're preaching too hard. Are you kidding me? How could it possibly be too hard unless you don't want more of him? Unless you don't want all of him. 
And if I preach anything that is not in that book, you owe it to me to get up here to myself and say, look, Pastor, I've got to see that. I've got to know that for sure because it sounds to me like you lying. Don't act like you love it and then go around and tell everybody else. I'd I'd like it, but he, he just don't preach the truth. You say, Pastor, that's hard. If you was a daddy and you wanted your children to grow up to be the greatest, you wouldn't play games with their future. And the children are a heritage of the Lord, he said. We will try to cover these enough for each of you tonight. The Bible is not written to answer every question of man. But I do want you to have that paper if you choose and you want to write down a question that you sense would be helpful to you in your spiritual walk or your ability to help a world that's in need. If we are living letters, epistles, known and read of all men, we need to make sure that we are exhibiting the way, the truth, and the light. That's critical. The Bible is written to save man from sin. Again, I covered it the other day. Sin is anything that separates you from God and the Word. And empower man to live in victory until the coming of the Son of Man in the sky. 1 Corinthians 13. That ought to be almost a memory. You ought to be able to almost quote that to your children. Because either if you can't quote it, get it out and read it every now and then. Because he said, though I speak when he, he challenges the tongue talkers first. Second chapter, second verse of 13, he challenges the people that went to college. And the third chapter, he challenges people that give good gifts to people. I mean, the third verse, he challenges people. And he said, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mystery, that's all the people that go to college. And have not charity. And so then he said there's two things that you can count on. Two things. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor. You say, well, they're not in our church. Love your neighbor as yourself. That means you provide information to them that is the information you got that helped make you free from the law of sin and death. It is so easy to get with people over and over again and hash over the same old stuff and do the same old stuff and our neighbors go into hell. He said, make unto yourselves friends of the unrighteousness of mammon. I hope there's at least five people you're working on that's in your neighborhood or on your job that you are being kind to and you're telling them, hey, man, I believe God has got his hand on your future, and I believe God, how could you not believe it if you're helping their future? Because Christ worketh through you. He worketh first in us and then through us. That's right. Brother Jimbo, I, can't hard, I couldn't hardly help but look back there and think about all the prayer clause you and I have sent out to some of your friends. <laughs> I 
I mean, every now and then. Uh, Shepherd, I, I, I got another prayer cloth we need to send out to so-and-so. And he just told you the testimony. And so you have helped be responsible for that. You're tithing, keeping me alive, and keeping Jimbo excited. What? Say it. Let's praise the Lord for that miracle. Thank you, Father. Praise God. If you think for one minute I'm aggravated at any of you, you're wrong. I'm telling you I'm aggravated at the devil, and I'm preaching to you to get up and get rid of him. I mean, put him under your feet, the Bible said. I'll put all that stuff under your feet, and then you will sense and see all that you've been wanting to see. Do all speak with tongues? Short answer, the question was asked in 1 Corinthians, where the gifts of the Holy Ghost were being talked about, the gift of faith, the gift of the word of wisdom, the gift of the word of knowledge. The gift of the Holy Ghost is a totally different thing than the gifts of the Spirit. All you got to do is read that scripture, the gifts of the Spirit. You got to have the Spirit operating in order for the gifts of the Spirit to function in their capacity. And when you do the renewing of the Holy Ghost, you have more opportunity to work in the gifts of the Spirit. So you don't want to go much, I mean, I, I don't like to go any longer than a day without talking in tongues again. Because he said you're saved by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. He don't say you're saved by getting it. He said you're saved by renewing it. He says you receive power when you get it. But that power has to be activated just like your car engine or just like your body. You go about 10 or 20 days of not eating. But you eat the word every morning. So he said, stir up the gift that's within you by the laying on of hands. Don't let you leave that stuff at home. Don't you leave it in your yesterday at the church house. Stir it up every morning. Stir it up in the middle of the day. Stir it up when things are going bad. Stir it up. Pray in the Holy Ghost. The Spirit itself make an intercession with the Father with power. Don't go get drunk at you may forget what you are and who you are and who you're married to and who you're not married to. And if you go get drunk and you'll be acting real crazy. That's why he said, these men are not drunk with wine as you suppose seeing us, but the third hour day. These guys got drunk on a wine that purifies, that electrifies, that glorifies, that amplifies. I'm here to tell you that the Holy Ghost is not just something you get one day and then you just go sit down and wait for the rapture. That's not what the Holy Ghost is. It's the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God against the forces of hell that are coming against your kids and your friends. I'm here to tell you we've got to radiate. Radiation is one of the greatest power sources in the world. Radiation. And that's what the Holy Ghost does. It goes where you can't go. A simple answer for this is all go to college in the course of schooling, some degree in math, science, lab, nursing, engineers, but all went to school with varied certifications. 
you may graduate from some prayer meeting and all of a sudden you have understanding of the word of God that is unthinkable. That's a gift. The gift of the word of knowledge. That's knowing when to activate a truth to help somebody that's fallen in a pit. It could be a brother, sister. It could be a friend. But the word of knowledge, all of a sudden, it's like bread and power. So God never violates his own word. He does not expose us to a truth. Then tell us it's not necessary. He says, you need the fruit of the Spirit if you want joy, peace, and righteousness. You need all nine fruit working in your life to give the management of your body. The Word explains itself. No Scripture is of any private interpretation. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Who in the world would not want that? If Mary, the mother of Jesus, did, and the apostles that followed him all over for three and a half years did, if anyone had faith, those 12 did. And then you want to try to tell me, world, that you don't have to have the Holy Ghost? If his mother who birthed him had to have the Holy Ghost, I can't imagine anybody thinking, they could do what needed to be done without the spirit of the king. But you want to be careful how you tell people that. You know, I'm preaching to you to, to wash away doubts and fears. I'm preaching rushing. I, I'm turning the shower nozzle up to where you feel the penetration of the word. You ever had one of those systems, you know, that, that, that like a, a washer over here for your car? It just knocks all the dust off. Don't turn that stuff on your flesh. It'll cut a hole right through your flesh. Acts 10, while Peter was yet preaching and teaching, the Holy Ghost came on them. They spake in tongues as did we. Acts 11, Peter speaking to the other set of Cornelius. God sent an angel and said, Send for Simon, who shall tell thee words what? That last, 11, 14. Who shall tell thee words where what? And all thy house shall be what? And you want to try to tell me that God was just playing games with words and all that dignity he gave to Cornelius and all of that people, that that's unessential. I can have all kind of power. Yeah, I've seen that kind of power. They get mad and they can cuss just as well as they could say hallelujah. They could damn people all around them just as well as they could praise the Lord on Sunday. That's not what that's about. Love of God, the love, the spirit, the glory, the power. Tell thee words where thou and thy house shall be saved. That, the command after receiving the Holy Ghost was baptized in Jesus' name. There it is in Acts, uh, the 19th chapter. You all have that. And so I want you to know that 
in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. He said, don't you try to make a doctrine out of something if you didn't find from God the two or three words that will establish a doctrine. That's in, in the book of church, the church to go into Corinth. That's where he tells them, except in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. You can't be a doctrine. It may be a suggestion and it may be a nice thought, but it can't be a doctrine until it's got the mouth of two or three witnesses. And all the men were about 12. God's got this whole thing under control. Have you never noticed that when people go the other direction, they will literally curse out their wife and they will curse at their husband. And worse than that, they'll curse the kids they birthed. D-A-M-N-U. And curse them, slicing their heart. You can do it without curse words. So don't, don't think you've got to use curse words to cut their heart out. And to cut your neighbor's heart. That's why we're against cursing and swearing. It's because it lo- it's loaded with ungodly spirits. It's hate. It's anger. When he said be angry and sin not, he was saying don't you let the spirit of the world dominate the anger that you're feeling because that this or that. He said be angry and sin not. Don't let a bad spirit get in you where you hate your neighbor because you had to tell him off. Because if you're not careful, it'll happen and you can be a Holy Ghost child of God. I know tonight you may never come up to him and pat me on the back and say, I'm so glad you gave us that. But I can tell you down the road, if you will obey the spirit, I'm just preaching Jesus. If I'm not preaching Jesus, you have every right in the world to come to me and say, Pastor, some of that you said tonight wasn't true. And if it's not, I promise you I'll receive it. Unless you kick me real hard when you say it. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's no time for us to just go to church to go to church. We got to go home with bread. We got to go home and eat the bread. We got to go home and digest the bread. And we got to let it joy, peace, and righteousness. And so the singers are coming, or the musicians. I'd like for all of us that can to find our way close to the front and pray for at least two or three minutes as a unified body of believers. I want us to pray for one another first. And I want us to pray for our church family second. And then I want us to pray for the leaders of this land that God will help us to pour out intercessory prayer over our land. Could we stand? And if you have to go, please do not feel like that pastor's not trying to force you to do something that's not helpful. If you've got to go, please know that all of us can understand that. But I'd like for us to gather as a group. We gather with so many other things. And if you have to stay a little distant from the group, we're fine with that. But I think we need to make some admission to God. God, we honor you tonight in this house. 
We honor you with our heart. We honor you with our head. We honor you with our hands. We honor you. Sing it, would you? Well, I see the mountain before our death's upon If your wife is close, men, why don't you pray for her? And wife, after he's prayed for you, if you have a sister or a brother close, pray for one another. Bible said when one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. For I speak it, it is one of my victory and my heart That's it. All I know Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is God, we shed real heartfelt passions. We're going to help change our world. And I praise because I know there's more. I know there's more, more of your presence. Praise is an open door, an open door to an open heaven. And I'll pray. I know there's more I know there's more more of your presence praise is an open door an open door to an open heaven and I praise cause I know there's more God, we're bringing somebody with us to your holy city. God, we're bringing somebody with us. Cause I just can't leave the way I can. Oh God, for every pastor, for every person in every assembly, we're praying for revival in Lamar County. We're praying for spiritual waters to flood the streets. Our voice, our excitement, our thrill, our joy, our righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. While she comes to a conclusion in the song, let's clap our hands to the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. We're coming through. We're not going to lollygag around. We're going to praise you with our heart. We're going to give our testimony everywhere we can. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you're shaking hands, shake hands with at least two or three people. If you're not, just nod at them like a friendly smile. Thank you again for allowing God to move in this house 
in such an unprecedented, beautiful way as he's been doing the last many services. Oh, hold on just a minute. Let me tell you something. My wife and I are serving on the Tupelo Children's uh, Committee, and Brother Jerry Newberry is going to be here next Wednesday night breaking the bread for you. God has got his hand on this man and his wife, and I'm telling you, he has shared some of the most beautiful stuff with us in the past, and he's going to be sharing some things here next Wednesday night. So get the rest of your brothers and sisters here to hear him next Wednesday night. God bless you. Be praying for Tupelo Children's Mansion. We're going through a little bit of a struggle building a new building down there, and we need some help. So be sure and include Tupelo Children's Mansion in your prayers the next few days. We are uh, There's just some big stuff going on, and there's a bunch of kids down there that are really getting a chance to live in the river of life. Uh, you have already blessed them. And Brother Judd is so appreciative of the United Pentecostal Church of Paris, Texas. And I thank you. Before I see about to move Before I dance on the waves Before I feel that it is stuck Oh, my healing, lead me to the heights before I speak that it is stuck. Oh, my victory, my heart opens. All I know is praise is an open door. An open door to an open heaven. Now I praise, cause I know this more. I know this more, more of your presence. Till I see the mountain. Until I dance upon waves, till I speak.